So this has been a real blue balls week so far, it I'd sure say. It sure has, yeah. We were told by Donald Trump himself. A that, man who never lies. That by now he'd be under arrest. Uh -huh. And yet nothing of the sort has happened at least as of when we're filming this. Yeah, the uh, on Wednesday, the court was like, uh, "Don't jurors, don't come in today. Some of you are pretty cool. <laughs> but no, they told them not to come in. And then there's this whole new thing with classified documents where the courts in D.C. are like rapidly pushing that to the front. Again, how's he going to wiggle his way out of this? Easily does it. Yeah. Uh, see it, believe it. Not until then, though. So, yeah, that's uh, we've got nothing, uh, nothing to report there except, wait, hold on. Oh my God! Wait, wait, wait! Breaking news, guys! Donald Trump has been arrested. That's true. And and here's photographs showing him being taken into custody by several NYPD officers. It's happening! Wow! Holy shit! I can't believe my eyes, or can I? And here he's trying to run away. He's resisting arrest. Oh, buddy! His wife Melania and his son Don Jr. very, very upset about all this. Oh shit! And there he is in his jail cell. This is happening very quickly. Yeah. I'd like to see old Donnie Trump wiggle his way out of this jam. And uh, yeah, this is happening so fast. He's he's in court already. Mm -hmm. And there he is crying while testifying. Oh fuck! They found him guilty. Wow! Swift justice. He's going to prison. They've got him in an orange jumpsuit. It's happening. Okay, so obviously none of those photos were real, and in several. It's still real to me. Damn it. Yeah, like it, it's so funny because it first of all not believable that he would run. The first time you see him running, you're like, that's yeah. not real. No. Uh, the Shin splints. Immediate uh, taking to Twitter or turning on the news, you'd be like, well, where's the coverage of all this? Yeah. So no, none of these photos were real. And in several of them, it was pretty damn obvious. But the first few pictures were blurry enough to apparently fool at least a few of uh, people who have been wanting to see Donald Trump get arrested for a very long time. The photos were created by Bellingcat founder Elliot Higgins, who continued the thread with lots more pictures, showing Trump doing janitorial work in prison, reading in his cell, pfft, okay, <laughs> playing basketball, uh, getting jacked, and hanging out with his prison friends. The funniest aspect of all of this is definitely the fact that the AI decided to incorporate a necktie into Trump's prison outfit for several of the photos. In the AI's view, like, Donald Trump and, like, necktie, white collar, like there's no separating the two. Yeah, you know, he has to keep up a certain level of decorum even in prison. Right. Uh, anyways, eventually Trump escapes through a sewer tunnel and runs through the rain to get some McDonald's, which is the most believable part. Yeah. I mean, that prison food, that's the one thing that that would break him. Yeah. AI, you know, it goes back and forth every week. We're, we're on the good side of AI now. Yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, yeah, every time... I get bored and annoyed by all this AI stuff. Something funny happens. Like, the first thing was, of course, Dolly Mini. Like, that was a source of joy for a couple weeks. Yeah. And then and then you get sick of it again. It comes and it goes. The, with the last episode, I, I it took me, actually, I spent about a half hour, and this is why it's so pointless to use AI for a lot of things, to try to get a proper Puddin' Ron picture. Uh, but... In a couple of scenarios, it actually kept some of the photos blurred because it thought it was graphic violence because <laughs> of him, like, just tearing into yeah. a pudding cup. So I had to keep, uh, like, making it look like, no, it's actually chocolate. Make it lighter brown, like this. Did they even specify that it was chocolate pudding? I, I did, in the have. prompt. But did the article, it could have been any type of pudding. I would assume chocolate would because he's a basic-ass bitch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways... Again, those photos, pretty obvious fakery, but that's mostly thanks to the absurdity of it all. There's plenty of details beyond that to give it away, too, but this new update to Midjourney is definitely impressive and definitely has the capability to spread disinformation, if done more subtly. Mm -hmm. 
you can't just immediately check the hands anymore and count the number of fingers because Midjourney version 5 actually managed to get hands right most of the time, so shit. <laughs> the amount of this, uh, you know, the amount that this AI-generated imagery has managed to improve in just over a year is remarkable. It's insane. Who knows where it'll be a year from now? I I'm told you scared. so. I told you so. No, I knew it would. But, they, I mean, there's still ways, like, anyone with a discerning eye, like, all yes. of uh, the, the most noticeable thing now... Text. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it cannot do text. Especially when you when people try to make videos. Uh, it just has, like, watermarks that appear randomly on it. But what, the, the way that I have been able to notice it now is everything has kind of this waxy sheen to it. Yes. Yeah, people's it, skin, teeth... Uh, people's eyes are still a little teeth is a up. dead giveaway if there's teeth, but uh, uh, just like the skin looks like a, and I don't even want to say like an Instagram filter. It just looks waxy. That's yeah. all the best way I can ex describe it. Yeah, but like it, a wax figurine. It, I I was very impressed with how well it did Trump, which makes sense. He's like one of the most photographed people yeah. on the face of the earth. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of like that game at, at uh, bars, uh, spot the difference. <laughs> like, yeah. There's a lot of that. If you look at any of these pictures long enough, you're like, oh, wait, what the fuck is that? Yeah, but at first glance, you're scrolling through your, uh, you yeah. know, your feed. Especially and when the person looking at it really wants to believe. Yes. And that's the problem with all disinformation is like you look at disinformation websites, and you're like, there's no fucking way this thing is printing anything factual, but... It doesn't matter. The difference between someone who likes having fun at a, at a magic show and someone who sits there and analyzes the trick throughout the entire thing. Right. <laughs> I, I'm the killjoy. For, uh... <laughs> Let people enjoy things, Elliot. <laughs> it's, in his, it's in his wrist pocket. Uh, so Mid Journey, for its part, seems to understand its own potential for disinformation and is willing to take action, at least once it's made the news. <laughs> Elliot Higgins' account was banned from Mid Journey following his images going viral, and Mid Journey has apparently blocked the word arrest and the name Donald Trump from being used in any text prompts, which is all of this and putting up these guardrails that constantly pump up is making it more and more useless because it's making it less and yeah, less human. Yeah. Uh, it's unclear if this perm if this is permanent or temporary, but there's a good chance we see more and more of this from Midjourney as their product becomes more and more powerful and capable of creating disinformation. Again, this is only going to turn into an enterprise software. This it's eventually going to get locked down for like, or it's just going to be so basic that it's boring to use for your average user. Well, yeah, I mean that's what's happened with uh, GPT, but still, I mean. Pandora's box, the technology's out there. Yeah, there's, there was, always, there's always going to be ways to make disinformation the, with this stuff. There was a story this week about how they got AI to create an AI app that used all of the stuff that it learned from the other ones, but was open source completely. So there's just no end. So Anyway, as you might guess, most of this week's news is about AI. We got a little bit on TikTok and the metaverse for you at the end but the AI news is as constant as the rain in Southern California it right now. It will not stop. Relentless. <laughs> unceasing. Please let us be. A deluge. All those dances I was doing last summer have come to fruition now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they, they were really <laughs> banking. The, I didn't know they had rollover policy on our rain dances up yeah. there. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's start with some news for the AI haters out there. Mm -hmm. uh, here's Engadget. 
Any images that are produced by giving a text prompt to current generative AI models, such as Midjourney or Stable Diffusion, cannot be copyrighted in the U.S. That's according to the U.S. Copyright Office, USCO, which has equated such prompts to a buyer giving directions to a commissioned artist. Quote, they identify what the prompter wishes to have depicted, but the machine determines how those instructions are implemented in its output, the USCO wrote in new guidance it published to the Federal Register. When an AI technology receives solely a prompt from a human, and produces complex written, visual, or musical works in response, the traditional elements of authorship are determined and executed by the technology, not the human user, the office stated. So this is a big win for the human race. We needed a win. Yeah, but there are some pretty big uh, caveats here. For starters, it sounds like the Copyright Office is going to take people at their word on whether their work was created by an AI. For now, it's still possible to tell just by looking at something whether it is AI-generated. But again, with how fast this tech is improving... It seems like it'll be easy for people to just lie and say there was no AI involved and receive copyright protection. Secondly, the USCO does say that stuff that's only partially AI generated will be evaluated on a case-by-case -case basis, which is good because there's definitely ways to incorporate AI image generation into digital art that's still mostly produced by humans. But also, AI artists often touch up their work using more manual tools like Photoshop. Would doing so change an entirely AI-generated work to a partially AI-generated work? This likely isn't the last time the USCO is going to have to reach a decision on this stuff, and they just gave themselves the biggest workload that they could ever ask for. Yeah, they're going to brew the day that they ever even acknowledge this. Mm -hmm. But here's some news that has really upset the AI artists out there who's Art is entirely reliant on copying the style of actual human artists who create their works by hand, painstakingly, mm. for a living. That After kind of, years of a yeah, training. Yeah, uh, so that kind of style theft may soon be a lot more difficult thanks to a new tool called Glaze, created by researchers at the University of Chicago. Uh, basically, before uploading their work online, human artists can run the image files through Glaze, which somehow alters the image in a way that's undetectable to the human eye, but which makes the AI image generators, which use them as a reference, very confused. Uh, here's TechCrunch. A research paper published by the team explains the beta app works by adding almost imperceptible perturbations to each artwork it's applied to, changes that are designed to interfere with AI models' ability to read data on artistic style, and make it harder for generative AI technology to mimic the style of the artwork and its artist. Instead, systems are tricked into outputting other public styles far removed from the original artwork. The efficacy of Glaze's style defense does vary, per its makers, with some artistic styles better suited to being cloaked and thus protected from prying AIs than others. Other factors, like countermeasures, can affect its performance too. But the goal is to provide artists with a tool to fight back against the data miners' incursions, and at least disrupt their ability to rip hard-worked artistic style without them needing to give up on publicly showcasing their work online. Yeah, so you Chicago professor Ben Zhao, who worked on this, explained to TechCrunch, what we do is we try to understand how the AI model perceives its own version of what artistic style is. And then we basically work in that dimension to distort what the model sees as a particular style. So it's not so much that there's a hidden message or blocking of anything. It is basically learning how to speak the language of the machine learning model and using its own language, distorting what it sees of the art images in such a way that it actually has a minimal impact on how humans see. And it turns out, because these two worlds are so different, we can actually achieve both significant distortion in the machine learning perspective with minimal distortion in the visual perspective that we have as humans. It sucks that they have to do this at all. Yeah. 
Uh, it's kind of hard to understand, obviously, so visual examples of glaze in action are very helpful. This one from the research paper clarifies things a bit. Basically, glaze runs an image through some sort of AI style transfer process, and then somehow encodes that new image into the old one. So Midjourney doesn't see the original image, it sees the original image after it's been made to look like Van Gogh or Picasso. So trying to mimic that art results in AI images that look like Van Gogh or Picasso instead. Anyways, time will tell how effective Glaze is, and it might end up be being a never-ending cat-and-mouse game. But for now, at least the AI people are really, really, really mad about this, and that makes everyone else feel better. Yeah, they're so upset, and they, they really show their ass when they get upset like this, because they really... They just don't respect uh, the act of creation in traditional means. They don't... Re- and, like, I'd have a lot less of a problem with this if these people just didn't see... Didn't just see artists as like, a source of training data. Yeah. Like, they, they do not respect art, and that's what pisses me off so much about them. So fuck them. I'm yeah. glad you're mad. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Adobe is the latest to throw their hat in the AI image generation ring, and they say what makes them different is that they use training data ethically. You would hope they would have to because of the very high premium they put on their products. Yeah. So here's The Verge, who interviewed Adobe VP Alexandru Costin about Firefly. Adobe is putting one big twist on its generative AI tools. It's one of the few companies willing to discuss what data its models are trained on. And according to Adobe, everything fed to its models is either out of copyright, licensed for training, or in the Adobe stock library, which Costin says the company has the rights to use. That's supposed to give Adobe's system the advantages of not pissing off artists and making its system more brand safe. We can generate high quality content and not random brands and others IP because our model has never seen that brand content or trademark. Costin said. Costin says that Adobe plans to pay artists who contribute training data too. That won't happen at launch, but the plan is to develop some sort of compensation strategy before the system comes out of beta. We're exploring multiple options, Costin said. So that's good news, especially if the stock image creators get paid. It's also good news for businesses that have been wanting to try adding AI to their workflow, but have chosen not to because of the potential lawsuits further down the line from copyright holders whose work was used to train the AI. And I, I know people working in like the graphic design field, and it's like it's from the top. They're like, do not use any of this shit because I don't want to get fucking sued. Mm-hmm. Adobe said, also says they're working on a system that will allow artists to embed a do not train request into their image metadata, which will at least stop some image generators like Stable Diffusion from including it in their training sets, though there's plenty of image models that simply ignore these requests. Anyway, this is all happening very fast. And what's crazy and scary is that AI-generated videos are also a thing that's getting better and better, Mm -hmm. although the baseline here is dog shit, so... (laughs) Yeah. that's uh, Just keep that in mind. But yeah, really basic text-to-video has been around almost as long as text-to-image. The results have not been spectacular because creating a fake image is a hell of a lot easier than creating hundreds or thousands of fake images in sequence. But the company Runway, who has previously released video AI tools for stuff like background removal and animated character rigging, recently announced Gen 2, the second version of their text-to-video product. Gen 1 could take existing footage and transform it, for example, by taking a simple stick figure animation render and creating footage of a scuba diver, or taking some footage of household objects and turning them into buildings. Impressive, but basic, and mostly useful for stuff like pre-visualization. Gen 2 does not require existing footage and can generate video straight from text. The examples they've shown so far still absolutely are not a replacement for real footage, But it is very impressive, and like everything else, will probably be a lot more impressive a year from now. Yay. 
Anyway, a big concern about all this AI stuff is all the jobs it will potentially render obsolete. And that's a pretty serious and valid concern. And here's a new example of that, which amounts to basically beating a dead horse or dancing upon a grave. Radio GPT. Oh, good. Uh, the radio business has uh, been absolutely decimated in recent decades due to media consolidation, fewer people listening, and the ability to just automate a lot of it. But the few remaining people with jobs in radio better watch out because AI is here to take their jobs. Those clowns in Washington are at it again. What a bunch of clowns. Wow, it's up to date on all the news. Yeah. <laughs> uh, radio GPT is the product of a company called Future. Futuri, and uh, it, in addition to automating music playlists, it uses voice AI to replace the need for any on-air humans. Here's Axios Cleveland, who first reported on this. And by the way, this is a Simpsons did it, because that quote was from the Simpsons. They bring in a machine, and they're like, mm -hmm. bump, bump, it'll talk. Uh, here's Axios Cleveland. Uh, how it works. Radio GPT uses Futuri's topic pulse technology to scan online news sources and social media to identify topics and trends in local markets. The platform then creates scripts for radio broadcasts, which are delivered on air by AI-generated personalities using the same GPT-3 technology implemented by ChatGPT. Futuri's technology can automate other processes as well, including creating website blogs, social media posts, short-form videos, and converting on-air content into podcasts. Which, like... If you go to like any local shitty radio station's website, all it is is a nonstop content regurgitation hellhole yeah. anyway. Yeah. So that part is easy for them to replicate. Yep. Uh, the other stuff is weird and unsettling. Please donate to your local college station. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's weird. Like the NPR, the NPR just laid off like a shitload of people. But like yeah. those stations are like kind of the only thing on radio that I ever listened to. Yeah. The rest we of have it is... KCRW, Case... Uh, yeah, we got a lot. We yeah, got we, like we have four, a few, yeah. I think three or four, but anyway, yeah, major radio stations, they've already licensed this AI technology to use in their broadcast starting next month, oh. so pack your bags, DJ. But yeah, you can actually hear it for yourself right now on Radio GPT's test stream. And it sucks ass. Oh, cool. Uh, if you want to hear music, there's obviously no shortage of apps that will play you exactly what you want to hear. So the only thing here that's really novel is the banter and local news updates between songs, which are delivered by a fucking robot that you can pretty easily tell is a robot, even if it sounds vaguely human. Why don't, why don't they just do the Joe Biden uh, <laughs> thing, the Stems yeah, and Seeds like, guy? have more fun with it, at least. Uh, are they? Here's the thing. They could get back to that morning drive time uh, shitty... Uh, controversial type hosting because they can just fire the uh, robot every time. All the really offensive stuff from the 90s, they Weird. can bring it back. Yeah. Because it's not a real human saying it, so now they can get away with everything. I, I mean, I would like to see them do this. I mean, this is, seems to mostly be like uh, radio music DJ radio, but... Uh, you know, they bring back the ghost of Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> oh my God, Limbaugh that would be easy. GPT, and, and that's just, the thing is, just have, have him do what he used to do, which was ramble for like six hours a day nothing. about fucking nothing. And they have thousands of hours. Uh, yeah. And you know who's going to utilize this? The the once best, now laziest man in radio, Howard Stern. I mean, the man only works like what once a month, <laughs> something like that. It's he doesn't need to. He's got like thirty years of like back catalog to just play on loop on. The satellite radio and people love it. Like, yeah, he so, doesn't need to do it. Like I said, I you know, 
even here, the big radio stations here, like they're all just their souls have been completely yeah. sucked out of their bodies. Even K Rock, yeah, K Rock isn't is, even a rock station anymore; it's a pop station. I mean, I don't even know who even works there anymore, which is wild. Like back in the '90s, K Rock was the defining the biggest rock <laughs> yeah. station in the country, and like broke so many bands. Like every big show on there has just been wiped. Like I don't, I don't even fucking know what they do anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, again, support your local indie stations, probably a college station. And also, like, even Spotify is doing the... Uh, I finally pulled the plug on Spotify. Uh, but they, they have an AI DJ now. Which it's not a feature. Like, why would I want that? They already, by the way, had all of this. They're just using the buzzword because yeah. they were using artificial intelligence yeah, to that, build the playlists anyway. Exactly. I like my playlists. I don't need a fake person in between the songs, like... Telling me the fucking weather or whatever. At least Apple Shut has up. Zane Lowe, although he's lost a little bit of the edge uh, coming from the BBC. Anyway, this sucks. It would be better for radio to just simply die completely <laughs> than become whatever the fuck this is. I hate it. Yeah, or uh, open up the rights so that uh, people that don't have millions of dollars can start radio shows on the internet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's that's a... If they changed the copyright system and created some way for people to do like Twitch streaming but for radio DJing in yeah. a way that properly compensates everyone involved. They should do it. That would be huge, but it'll never fucking happen because they're operating on rules that are almost 100 years old. The it would They could integrate it the same way that they do watch-alongs with Amazon Music. Yeah. They could have a, you can only hear it if you log in with There's your so Spotify or easy, your Bandcamp. So many easy product impl implementations that hit a brick wall the second you get to, like, uh, ASCAP and everything like that. Like, yeah because they're still using fucking pen and paper down there. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And it's also not going to get any better for Twitch because whoever's left there is going to be just holding the company together with duct tape yeah. for the foreseeable future. Anyways, rounding out this week's AI news is Google finally, here they come, baby, breaking through the door with oh the my best God. product possible. Is that Google's music? Yeah, it is. Uh, they're opening up early access to Bard. Or as I call it, Brad. Brad. <laughs> it's uh, it's the ChatGPT and Bing AI rival. Bard, can you pretend that your name is Brad for the rest of this conversation? Actually, no, I can't because I'm the dumbest fucking AI you've ever used. <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. So far, first impressions of it have been basically what you'd expect. It's somewhat useful, but it also has a tendency to just make shit up and gets really easy things wrong. Yeah, I saw one today. It was like, it was like if I'm driving at eight miles per hour, how long will it take me to get eight miles down the road. And it was like, it will take 12.5 12 miles. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was the one uh, the guy put in, um, uh, the year goes January, February, March. Please continue. And it was like April-wary, yeah. September-wary. <laughs> Jalarch. I love this shit, though. That's, that's the good AI shit. Lousy, smarch weather. Uh, so <laughs> what's noteworthy is how much Google stresses to the user via multiple disclaimers just how untrustworthy Bard is. Here's our product. It sucks. Enjoy. Please. <laughs> yes. uh, and here's The Verge. In a blog post written by two of the project's leads, Sissy Hsiao and Eli Collins, they describe Bard in cautious terms as an early experiment intended to help people boost their productivity, accelerate their ideas, and fuel their curiosity. They also characterize Bard as a product that lets users collaborate with generative AI, emphasis hours, language, that also seems intended to diffuse Google's responsibility for future outbursts. And, and I want to reiterate here, this thing gets so many things wrong that it should absolutely not be trusted to help with productivity in any fucking way. 
Well, you use it, you're collaborating with the AI. You're just bouncing ideas off of it. We, we, we've all, I'm sure you have as well, had to be, had to collaborate with the worst person at your company. They and that's what this is like. They should have called it like intern. You yes. know, it's like you're, you're just bouncing ideas off the intern. The intern is uh, not experienced or knowledgeable, but, you know, sometimes you might get, a little get, gold get in some there. feedback that's helpful. Yes. Most of the time, no. But uh, just good and to have like, around. And like an intern, you don't have to pay. It's all free. Bard or Brad is the football player that gets shoved into your science project yeah. team. You're like, <laughs> uh, we got to put up. Yeah. Maybe he'll have some kind of brilliance at some point. Yeah, but so. it's, it's like a Homer Simpson thing where he's wrong almost all the time, but sometimes he does something brilliant on accident, and you're like, damn. Thank wow. you, Brad. Bravo, Brad. Uh, meanwhile, over at Microsoft, who's just dunking on Google, yeah, they uh, are. they've added yet another OpenAI feature to Bing, a Dolly-powered image generator that works by just asking Bing in the chat to create a picture. Boom. It's, not, it's only available right now in a limited rollout, uh, but once it's made more widely available, it will be easily the most accessible AI image generator around. Until then, though, we can expect a repeat of the Bing AI early access period where people tried to get Bing AI to make pictures that embarrass Microsoft and hopefully succeed. So we look forward to that. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. But um, before we move on to the non-AI stuff, Finally. it's time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Masterclass. Classes taught by humans. Masters. Yes. Uh, with Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Learn how to build a startup with Reddit founder Alexis Ohanian. Learn about filmmaking with Werner Herzog, Martin Scorsese, Spike Lee, Ken Burns, and James Cameron. Improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay, Wolfgang Puck, and Roy Choi. And learn from some of the greatest minds in music like Tom Morello, Herbie Hancock, Hans Zimmer, Danny Elfman, and Deadmau5. I'm kidding. It's Dead mouse. Uh, <laughs> with over 2,500 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Yeah, one that I checked out recently that I enjoyed was uh, Aaron Franklin teaching Texas barbecue. Um, it's, uh, you know, getting that flavor. It's a, it's a lot of work, and I'll probably never do it myself, but it's fun to watch someone else do Your it. Your neighbors will also be very upset with you, yeah. or intrigued and, you know, floating over like a cartoon no, character. Not in this town. You smell smoke, <laughs> that means fire. Yeah. Uh, Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, and more. These are cinema quality classes that give you unparalleled access to a renowned instructor. Lessons range from specifically showing you how to execute a technique to an instructor's insights about their craft that can be translated across many fields and disciplines. We highly recommend that you check out Masterclass, get unlimited access to every class, and as an Internet Today viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. So go to masterclass.com newsday now. That is masterclass.com newsday for 15% off Masterclass. And this episode is sponsored by Mudwater. More delicious than it sounds. <laughs> Mudwater is a coffee alternative with four adaptogenic mushrooms and Ayurvedic herbs. With only a fraction of caffeine as a cup of coffee, you get energy without the anxiety, jitters, or crash of coffee. Mudwater leans on mushrooms in their blend of matcha and their blend of chai for sustained energy. Each ingredient was added for a purpose. Lion's mane, that's a mushroom for alertness. Cordyceps to help support physical performance. Chaga and reishi to support your immune system. Turmeric for soreness and cinnamon for antioxidants. I love this stuff. It's uh, especially when I'm having some tummy trouble. This uh, <laughs> is very calming. It's not yeah. like drinking coffee on an empty stomach or on a 
On a sensitive stomach, not good. But drinking this stuff, no problems, baby. Yeah, I try it on days where I have to write to help me stay focused, which is a, a hard task for me. Mud is 100% USDA, organic, non-GMO, gluten-free, vegan, and kosher certified. Mudwater donates monthly to leading psychedelic research centers as Mudwater believes the country is in a mental health epidemic and sees psychedelics as useful tools for individuals with depression, PTSD, anxiety, and other mental health problems. Go to mudwater.com newsday to support the show and use code newsday for 15% off. That is M-U-D-W-T-R dot com slash newsday for 15% off with code Newsday. All right, let's get back into the news now. And uh, other than the possibility of seeing Donald Trump in handcuffs, the political news that's had people on the edge of their seats the most this week is TikTok CEO testifying before Congress on Thursday to make the case for why the U.S. government shouldn't ban TikTok in what would be some of the most bipartisan <laughs> government action in a generation. Congress can't agree on anything beyond party lines, but they pretty much all want TikTok gone. And so does the president. So the pressure is on for CEO Xu Zichu. Uh, that testimony hasn't happened yet as of when we filmed this, but Gizmodo put together a pretty thorough article guessing at what he'll say based off what TikTok's PR department has been saying for the past few months. And he, uh, he also went on TikTok and was like, please, commenters, yeah. uh, support us in this journey to Washington. Mm -hmm. uh, here's uh, Gizmodo's article. Choose pitch to lawmakers that TikTok is simply too integral to U.S. internet users to break up hitches itself on a bold new claim about the size of the app's American user base. The CEO will tell lawmakers that the app attracts around 150 million monthly active U.S. users, nearly half of all Americans. That's a dramatic upsurge from the already lofty 100 million users TikTok boasted in 2020. To put that in perspective, Facebook, widely considered the largest social network, had 266 million combined monthly users in the U.S. and Canada in the last quarter of 2022. Chu could point to those users to illustrate the app's popularity amongst Americans, even amid a voracious surge in lawmakers frothing at the mouth for a national ban. The large figure could also be used as a reminder to lawmakers of the potentially thousands of business owners who could have their livelihoods disrupted by a ban. Speaking in a TikTok video Tuesday, Chu estimated around 5 million businesses use TikTok to reach their customers. Guys, you don't understand. Millions of people love these cigarettes. They love smoking cigarettes. They're smoking a lot of cigarettes all day. And if you stop having... A lot of people say it's the only thing that gets them through their day. And you know how many cigarette businesses you're going to put out of You want to take away the one thing that all, makes these guys happy? All the jobs that are going to be lost yeah. by banning cigarettes? How dare you? You're going to turn Charleston into a ghost town. Yeah, the whole state of North Carolina is going to break off. Raleigh Durham is going to look as bad as it did after Sherman's march. Yeah. <laughs> so look, the fa the fact that banning TikTok would affect a lot of people's livelihoods, it will be a big talking point. And we pointed that out on one of the last episodes. Like a lot of people built businesses on this and are now relying on it for money. And they should be uh, opening themselves to other avenues and uh, maybe transferring this that point, yes. viewership to other platforms. But going to take time. And some other things that he might point out include the fact that public opinion on banning TikTok is basically split down the middle and that banning TikTok would essentially be censoring the voices of millions of Americans, which is a bit rich coming from a Chinese company, but still. And as we've pointed out before, I feel like we always need to reiterate this. Yes, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter are all just as bad. Yeah. Uh, but it's the enemy that you know, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, he also might and honestly should point out that while TikTok's track record with user data isn't great, again, the same is true for literally every major U.S.-based social network. 
There's an entire massive third-party data brokers industry in this country that Congress simply allows to exist. The difference, of course, is that here in the USA, we violate people's privacy for private sector profit, whereas in China, they do it for espionage purposes, uh, you know? But still. Yeah. When we do it, it's good. It's good corn-fed American capitalism. When they do it, it's uh, noodle-eating Chinese communism. <laughs> that's, that's what they're trying to argue in, yeah. uh, in our government this week. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm no fan of China, but they're... They are so fucking good at, uh, like, they, they've got representatives on Twitter that are, like, just so good at calling out American hypocrisy, which happens yeah. so often. And it's like, we don't really have, uh, we, we are very much the pot calling a kettle black with for sure almost every, like, mainstream U.S. criticism against China. It's like, clean up your own fucking house before you come for me. It, it is. But anytime I scroll and see just that argument immediately as the defense, I just want to scream, we know yeah. We're aware, and it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, in the meantime, TikTok has updated its community guidelines with some positive changes that are also almost certainly in response to U.S. government pressure. Weird how they did it now. Uh, they're going to be real strict about disinformation, AI-generated manipulated media, and climate change misinformation, which is it's all good stuff because TikTok has absolutely rotted Zoomers' brains probably just as badly as Facebook has rotted their parents' and grandparents' brains. Of course, this is exactly the kind of thing that Republicans hate about all the other social networks, so they're not winning any points there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we will let you know how that congressional testimony from Mr. Chu goes on our next episode. They also uh, released a feature last week that where you can uh, reset your For You page. Oh. You, you can clear your algorithm. I don't know if that was in preparation for this, but I assume it would be. I mean, that is, yeah, I, it has to be, but that is a good feature because... Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's the most aggressive algorithm on the face of the earth. It only rivaled by the new Twitter For You algorithm, which uh, if you want to raise your blood pressure immediately, just go to the For You algorithm. I mean, so it, Twitter has always, like the old one, the D Dorsey era For You algorithm, I thought was okay. Like it was generally pretty good at showing me stuff. It gave uh, you mostly your This follows. stuff, this new For You feed on Twitter is all... All the tweets from people I don't follow that show up there are all weird Silicon Valley freaks. I'm not seeing any random shit. I'm just seeing, like, you know, morning grind set hustle culture fucking, it's, like, basically people, Elon's fans, his biggest fans are the people I'm seeing in my timeline. I will also say that I am way more hesitant to click the like or retweet button on things now because on the For You page, like, I'll see, like, a funny joke or, like, a cute video or something like yeah. that. But... Uh, any verification is sus. And you see something and you're like, I, I could be retweeting a, a Nazi right now. Yeah, and I wouldn't a know. good chance you are. Apparently, anti-Semitism went up, like, doubled under Elon's watch. We did it. Yeah. But speaking of Facebook, let's close out this episode with a look at a recent New York Magazine article about Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse. Remember that old thing? It's coming, guys. Uh, it, it is long, the article, and it, it's very much worth your time, so give it a read. The links are below, as always. But it chronicles the writer's attempts to make friends in the metaverse after moving away from his hometown for a job. And it's a great piece on why the metaverse is such a bad replacement for actual human interaction. Again, read the whole thing in full, but let's just read some funny uh, sections of this article, because, uh, yeah, it explains it quite well. Some good stuff here. A man in a fedora bobs by, his username, Nutsack Sandwich, floating over his head. I've changed usernames throughout this article, but not by much. Hi, I say. He said he wanted to eat my penis, Nutsack Sandwich says to me in a high-pitched child's voice. 
He said he wanted to eat my penis. <laughs> this is my first conversation in the metaverse. I go into the house where I meet a couple from the north of England. The woman keeps making strange gestures with her hands as if she were trying to tunnel through the air. Ooh, you are naughty, she says. Is she talking to me? Oh, sorry, she says. I'm in bed and my dog is burrowing under the quilt. Oh, I say, this is my second conversation in the metaverse. <sighs> I can't stress how unlike a party the party house is. It's not just the amateurish, low-tech design. It's not just the sparse attendance and desultory interactions. It's the total absence of mood. It reminds me of when I'd try to get together with friends over Zoom during lockdown. Everyone's face appearing in a box in the grid like contestants in some bleak, prizeless game show. The total absence of physicality making us feel more distant from one another than ever. A man in a beanie approaches me. His username is Impala Expert. I ask him whether it's Impala the car or Impala the animal. This seems to confuse him. Lot of sweet looking ladies here tonight, he says, as a woman, or at least an avatar of a woman, goes by in a crop top. I ask how long he's been using the quest and what activities he'd recommend. He thinks about it. There's ping pong, he says, and there's porn. Porn? Yeah, virtual porn. You tried it yet? I haven't. Yeah, that's some good stuff, Impala Expert says. <laughs> The writer asks Impala Expert if he's afraid of being tracked. People always hating on Zuck, Impala Expert says. That doesn't mean they're wrong, I say. I don't know, man. I'm just here to have a good time and maybe pick up some MILFs. Pick them up, I repeat. But what will you do with them? Oh, I'll do, Impala Expert says mysteriously. Now I'm confused. We're in virtual reality. We don't have bodies. We don't even have bottom halves. Whatever his VR MILF hunting secrets are, Impala Expert isn't ready to share them. Think I'll chill out in the pool for a while, he says. I watch him cross the bare space till he comes to the blue rectangle that represents the pool. Then his avatar is in the pool, so only his head remains over the surface, gazing unblinkingly back at me. That's <laughs> where all the MILFs hang out, is in the pool. Hey, any of you ladies want to join Impala Expert in the pool over here? Ugh. Later, I ask someone named Space Angel 7 what she would recommend to do in the metaverse, and she tells me she really enjoyed sitting in on AA meetings. Are you an alcoholic? No. Didn't they mind you being there? When they found out, they were pretty angry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is one of the most catastrophic failures of a tech launch uh, in a long time. Yeah, he... Uh, it rivals Quibi. He describes it in the article, and I don't know if he's the first to do it, but I thought this was very, uh, it fits well. He said, uh, he said, Horizon Worlds is like a bar with no beer. <laughs> like, it's just a place where people go, but there's, like, no purpose to it. Uh, everyone just sort of talks. It's all just like, uh, and he also, he compares, like, all the conversations on Horizon Worlds to the conversations you have with other people smoking cigarettes outside the bar when you go out for a cigarette. Just, like, small talk, pleasantries. That's it. Like, there's just nothing deep here. What a complete waste of time. Yeah. And effort, money, jobs, everything. Billions of dollars. Tens of billions of dollars have gone towards developing this thing. It's upsetting. Anyways, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, our weekly tech yeah. episode. It's upsetting. Yep. Everything's upsetting. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, thanks for being here, first of all. Thanks for, uh, you know, riding the AI nightmare train with us. Thank you for clicking the like button. Uh, it doesn't always mean that you like what's happening in tech. It means that you like us as presenters, yeah. and you don't want us to be re uh, replaced by robots. So click the like button, leave a comment, 
uh, reply to people's comments, subscribe to the channel if you're not subscribed, and uh, if you want to relive what it was like for that brief moment before Trump was inevitably not arrested, please watch our video <laughs> for mo Monday, because we do at least do an explainer on yeah. what the charges are. And that they're facing. very flimsy. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the, the new classified documents thing, I don't know. The Georgia thing seems more of a slam dunk. Anyways, there's that. And then, of course, we have our weekly weird news episode of Putting Wrong, which is a lot of fun. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.